Property valuations at risk. Let's have a look. Hello everyone, Florian Heiser here and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I have my Stein of coffee. I thought we'd have a look at this article sent to me by a viewer from the Sydney Morning Herald. It's to do with property valuations and the risks they present for developers and for banks. Now, let's keep in mind, a big part of the wealth of our civilization has been in property. I think last time I checked, over 50%. And that's in houses that people own, investment properties that people own, and property through super. Big chunk. That's obviously created a lot of, well, a lot of money gets generated and goes straight into property. We've got a culture of buying into property. You, how many times have you seen someone on Facebook, you know, plugging their fantastic system of leveraging one property to buy another or another, or a bartender who owns 30 properties? So we're a property-obsessed culture here. Now, valuations are an important part of this system to keep it all going. You know, don't you feel good when you can say, oh, my, I bought my property for you know, 250, 300 grand, and now it's 400, 500,000 with that valuation. Of course, you haven't realized that profit is just sitting there. But the trick is then people borrow against it and then against it again and again and again and keep going. So what would happen if valuations start to tumble? If some of these mortgages that are used as the assets for the bank to maintain their ratios start being worth, well, the assets that are backing those mortgages are worth even less. What happens when people start going into negative equity, guys? So let's have a look. Australia's central bank is warning of deteriorating conditions in commercial property markets with developers and banks exposed to high property valuations. The Reserve Bank's grim forecast in its April Financial Stability Review notes in the period ahead, declines in both sales volumes and valuations are likely, reflecting the weakness in the rental market and the repricing of risk by institutional investors. The review follows the government this week introducing a mandatory code of conduct requiring landlords to reduce rents for struggling tenants proportionate to their revenue declines, with 50% waived and 50% deferred. I Here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. What if you were a struggling tenant, you know, a few months ago in a retail shop like this? You wouldn't have gotten this this wonderful perk. And will this, will this continue into the future? This is state intervention into the market, the rental market. Will it continue into the future? And then, of course, it's going to take a hit to your financial, well, to the the valuation of these properties because the rental returns will go down. What do you reckon, everyone? Do you like the state intervening this much into the market? It's going to have unintended consequences because remember, remember, a lot of people's super is invested in these things. The retail sector was was at particular risk from the illness caused economic downturn, the Reserve Bank says. Well, the retail sector... You know, at the beginning of this year, every other video I was doing was this business goes bust, this business goes bust, this one's declining, declining, declining. It seemed like a common theme, didn't it? The outlook for tenant demand for retail property has deteriorated given the downturn in trading conditions, which decline 
with declines in rents and increases in vacancy rates now likely, it said. Well, yeah, that's definitely, definitely going to happen. Commercial property prices have risen faster than rents in recent years, given the decline in risk-free interest rates. Risk-free interest rates? Wow. More highly leveraged owners could struggle if tenants were unable to pay rent, particularly in the very weak retail sector, it said. For some geared investors, that could mean they breach loan covenants, while developers with projects still under construction could find it difficult to finalize sales at a profitable price. That That's interesting, the one here with, with developers. We have, uh, I've got friends that have just went in a development and it's lasted now years, years for them to even get their returns because the developer is just sitting on it, sitting on it, doesn't want to tank because he knows if he drops the price of one unit in the development, all the ones forward are going to be a lower price and everyone who bought in will be angry. We'll have to see. Asset valuations in property markets had increased to very high levels over recent years, both in Australia and overseas, it said. Hmm, almost like there might be a bubble in that sector. Maybe money is being injected into different economies around the world, and this is one of the sectors that it's finding its way into. Hmm, what countries are doing large-scale quantitative easing? I wonder. How many have announced infinite quantitative easing, guys? Banks have incurred substantial losses from construction loans in past downturns, and while construction lending accounts for a smaller share of business lending, it has grown rapidly recently. Banks' exposure to commercial property is around 6% of their total assets, but the RBA also highlights non-bank lenders who have been particularly active in lending for commercial property construction, including apartments. So while I was focusing on the valuations for the residential sector, this is the commercial sector is going to be hit and the retail sector is going to be hit pretty hard. And one thing they're not mentioning here is the culture shift. More and more people are working from home. More and more people are telecommuting. People are having, you know, my daughter's having her dance lessons on the computer with using the Zoom app. Now they're having their dance lessons so all the students can be there. And, you know, this is a change. So the school, the dance school is dropping the fees. They're dropping the fees by a third, which is fantastic. Not that it was very expensive anyway, this, this uh, school. It also points to risks in office markets. While previously strong, they're also expected to deteriorate. Of note, an above-average volume of office supply is due to be delivered into Sydney and Melbourne CBD markets this year, and demand will be unlikely to keep pace with the stronger supply, it said. Goldman Sachs analyst Ian Randall has a similar view on office market risks. Revised modelling by Goldman Sachs suggests rising vacancy rates will drive rent reductions for Sydney and Melbourne's CBD office markets of around 30 and 35% between December 2019 and 22, at least 12% higher than previous estimates. That is, that is a very high vacancy rate. That's a very high vacancy rate. So maybe there will be you know, some times to get offices, but no. I don't know. I, I don't know. I quite, I quite like my studio here. <laughs> See, the thing for me now, any money I would have spent on office rent, I'll just invest into improving the quality of our house, 
which probably I need to do because all the kids we're having and the family members that are moving in due to uh, economic circumstances, which if you have an old Queenslander, it's it's a lot easier to adapt, you know, chuck a wall and, and turn an enclosed balcony into two rooms. Really easy. The completion of multiple new office developments will coincide with sharp drop in demand. We also expect near-term office net operating income across the sector to be impacted by the need for assistance for tenants experiencing financial difficulties and now assume that tenants account for 25% of NOI received three months of rental abatement across all office portfolio. As a result, Goldman Sachs has reduced its estimates of underlying funds from operation per security for the big office landlords, Dexas, JPT, and Mervac by between 3 and 8%. Now, remember everyone when, what was that, uh, that, oh, that uh, office shared space, the unicorn, WeWork. Remember WeWork, guys? You know, the glorified landlord business that nearly went to IPO that was worth an insane amount of money. I wonder how they would be coping in this market because they're signing long-term leases on property and then renting out in tiny little chunks to small operators. Some like me. You know, if times get tough, okay, no, I'll work from home. I'll just, uh, you know, finish up after a month. How are they going to be going, guys? If you know anyone working there or using that, please let me know in the comments. But I can't imagine they're going to be doing well if Dexas, uh, GPT, and Mervac, the big boys, aren't. Net demand for office space in Melbourne CBD turned negative in the first quarter of this year. And this is before we had the lockdowns or it really hit. We expect Sydney CBD net absorption to remain negative over the balance of this calendar year, Mr. Randall said. So there you go. Vacancy in Melbourne will more than double to 10% by December next year, and Sydney's will peak at 10.6% by December a year later, Goldman forecasts. So there we have it, guys. I look into, well, the commercial and retail property sector and the impact those valuations will have. It's going to be a hit on, well, super funds. It'll be a hit on construction and development and probably some of the other lending organizations. Let me know your thoughts and opinions in the comments below, everyone. Please like, share, and subscribe to the channel. If you're a fan and you want to support us, there are a few ways you can. You can join the channel on YouTube or on Patreon for a small monthly fee. You can support us via our affiliate links at Amazon, eBay, or Independent Reserve and KuCoin. You can buy a merch from Teespring or Heiser Says. Send us gold using Gold Pass and support us via PayPal. Thanks, everyone. And I will see you all in the next video. Bye for now.